So, you know, you bought me that head shaving kit. Yeah. And it had like cleanser and exfoliant and stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, I put the astringent on this morning, but I forgot to moisturize. So, <laughs> anyway, this is the sound of bald. Okay. <sighs> My name's Scott Wayne. And I'm Ace Colwood. And this is uh, lubricated uh, on Boy Recorded Radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Um, I now smell like a Love, Beauty, and Planet Clean Oceans edition. That's what well, I smell you like. You know, look, clean oceans are important, and I didn't know I'm not sure that plastic ball is contributing to clean oceans at all. I can't imagine. Like, oh, it's stinging a little bit. <laughs> I have so, so much. Hey, um, can I also make, can I also uh, present a piece of evidence? Is that, you know, that. We have we've talked about this before, but the photography, mm. the original Kodak sort of photography, was configured for white faces. Yeah, um, because of the role of the human engineers that were putting the chemical formulas sure. together. Well, I think as a scientific test, when uh, we have a producer that is configuring our settings, I'd just like to say how beautiful you look on camera, color tone, texture. It's sort of the and reiterate yet again my ghost-like figure in this podcast room. No, but it's a serious point. Like he who sets the sets the color tone standards determines the outcome. No, it's it's you just it's upset that we're getting sun flare off of the head that you just moisturized. <laughs> is what's happening right now. All right, what are we talking? All right, about? I had uh, my my first my question to kick us off. Yeah. So if one of your mates had a I know a guy moment, yeah, and then they called you, what would they be calling you for? Oh, <laughs> uh, oh! This is easy. Uh, uh, jail in a foreign country. I would be at the top of most people's lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> Kidnap potentially. <laughs> so I should have called you from the south of France. Is yeah, that you what should have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't even almost consider calling. <laughs> this you. is becoming a very real rumor that you were arrested in the south of France. Let's just be clear: you were not arrested. In the I south was of not France. arrested. You didn't do anything inappropriate in the south. Of France. I, I wouldn't well, say but, that. Actually, but okay. nothing yeah. that I got arrested for. No, I, I actually the the buddy who whose wedding I went to. Um, <laughs> texted and he's like no seriously this is the second time i've heard about you getting arrested in france did you really get arrested i feel like i would know i feel like i would actually know and i texted him back and i just told him who i was with <laughs> i didn't say i did or didn't i just said i was with so and so and other two people in monaco and in france and he's like oh yeah and i said you do the math and he's like yeah that could make sense then so uh sorry tommy i lied to you or I didn't. It was a lie of omission. I didn't get arrested in France. Okay, but if I had, calling you would have been the one. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I know a guy. I know a guy. There you go. Okay, this week's sponsor, because I'm heading home next week, um, and I'm actually going to get together with some to old, old school friends. Yeah, and then we're going to uh, Lyme Regis. So we'll, we'll visit the People's Republic of Teesside, which for those of you who do not know the geography of the UK, it is if, if it was Game of Thrones, it would be somewhere between the north and the wall. And so <laughs> we'll probably go to the beach while it sleeps next to the nuclear power, power, power plant. And then we're heading to Lyme Regis this to is a connect beach town. with... Am I making that I up? I mean, it's the UK. Everywhere is a beach town. It's oh, this, it is you're never like really island. more than That's an hour works, from, the, from the water. Um, so the, yeah, and then we're, we're getting together with some old school friends. But <clears throat> these same school friends, we used to drink underage in a pub called the Green Dragon Pub that was part of the Samuel Smith's Brewers chain. And this week's sponsor, I think, should be Sammy Smith's because when I was in a Sammy Smith's pub a few months ago in Oxford, I noticed they had this no phone and no laptop rule. 
which I thought was interesting. And very, I figured it would be very hard to implement, but on all of the beer mats on the coasters, they have no laptops and, and no, no lap, uh, phones. And the idea is to try to create pubs where people talk again. Mm. and aren't sort of distracted. And I didn't think it was it was a real thing. And then I pulled out my phone and got a very dirty look from the landlord. Um, but I, I wonder if that's actually possible today. Can you sort of set that standard uh, where we're so dependent, not just on communicating, but with researching information, all of the documents in, in the cloud, um, actually through some of the work that we're doing about digital leadership for NetHope, really discovering the cloud is a is a two-edged sword in terms of requiring to be always on for information and yeah. limited bandwidth both technologically in different parts of the world, but also just when you want to switch it off. Like because everything is just so dependent upon being constantly connected. Anyway, this week's sponsor, Sammy Smith's pubs, particularly the ones that are trying to well, I wanna I wanna go a, a step further though. <laughs> We want our pub to be a haven for social conversation is, yeah. is some of the language that they use. But um, Sam Smith pubs have banned quite a number of things, including children inside the pub. Well, no, that's not true because I used to drink it there when I was 15. So <laughs> this, this is this is apparently more <laughs> the recent. real children. Uh, real children. Temporary yes. ban on children inside the pub only allowed in the beer garden where they must be seated at a table and not running around. They've banned swearing. They've banned bank cards. A couple of these Sam Smith locations are just like, yeah, no. <laughs> We're, we're not going to do it. I, uh, well, actually, I'm sort of leaning against being a sponsor because strapping your children to a chair. Well, I know. Parenting. <laughs> um, talking about children, though, I do want to talk about President Biden. And I am generally appreciative of President Biden. Okay. Uh, I feel he, he intervened in a moment where he was the the most effective option for a change of government at a time where it's probably in the world's interest to have a change of government. But I'm struggling a little bit with his choice not to acknowledge uh, his additional grandchild. And so I don't know mm. if you've followed this story a great deal, but Hunter Biden, um, there's been a, a custody settlement. Hunter Biden, the son of, of President Joe Biden, um, has acknowledged the uh, uh, that he has a child um, and she is I think four to six years old mm -hmm. uh, but is being sort of not publicly acknowledged as existing by the president and he will refer to I think he refers to his six grandchildren six but instead seven. of the seventh yeah, right seven. yeah and I recognize the age of the president and I recognize the White House's arguments that you know age is a is a different context, you know, variable right now. And yes, he's healthy to run for president. And also, recognizing the age of the um, of his 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 likely rival. But we also need to be, I think, just embracing this idea that family is family, and family comes in many other forms, and one doesn't have to recognize necessarily the mother of this child. But you, if you have. If you have grandchildren, you have grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't I don't I don't know that one it is hard with family dynamics uh, to understand all the nuances of a family, etc. But but there is particularly that I don't know all Uncle Joe's stuff, but his son has a daughter and that makes her Joe's granddaughter and that 
that math is really simple, even if all of the other stuff is complicated for her, right? Uh, yeah. And it sort of reminds me of a time where those who were created out of wedlock uh, did not officially exist mm. and what that has meant. Um, in which case, I just want to celebrate my two amazing daughters. And I don't know who that third one is who's roaming around <laughs> France right now. Stay out of trouble, Coco. All right, move us on. Move us on before we upset more people. Oh, yeah. yeah We've yeah, pleased yeah. a group of people and then upset another group of people. Yeah. Okay. No, that's perfect. Um, customers and vendors versus partners. It's really hot in here. I'm going to open a door. Okay. I, I think it's because my head comp is why. You've just trapped in all of the fumes and exhaust coming off of your head oh, okay. like a clean ocean. Um, actually, no, that's not where I want to go. I want to I stay on kids. Make kids tired. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you saw this truck. I you? saw it and I loved it. Yeah. So uh, we were, um, Scott and I were going paddle boarding uh, sometime last week uh, before work. Um, we were actually going to film on the river. So we were getting our gear and stuff sorted. And this uh, van with a whole trailer of kayaks and stuff drives by. And all it says is, we make your kids tired. That's what it says on the side of this van. And I thought it was brilliant. I didn't know what it did. I figured it was like outdoor camp, hence the trailer with kayaks uh, and and rafts. Um, but we make your kids tired. And I was, I, we talk about a protocol called signal to noise ratio. I'm going to give the background to signal to noise ratio. Yeah. So signal to noise ratio is well, it comes from audio engineering, but it, the concept of it is that you're trying to get as much signal through a, through a communication channel as possible mm. that resonates with the audience. Mm -hmm. So in audio engineering, it relates to how much how much signal gets through relative to the static, static interference, that noise, sort of thing. Right. In, in communications and negotiation theory, it's how much do the words that you use resonate with the audience. Mm. And you're saying that make kids tired. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Not having kids, uh, being yeah. the uncle to <laughs> several little... Uh, as some yeah, being, little girl running around in France right now. I was about, uh, no, 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 let's be clear. You're uncle to two of my children. The third one doesn't exist. <laughs> doesn't exist, right? She's going to listen to this. I was actually going to say I'm the uncle to the I'm one that get, doesn't exist is probably most question. accurate. But no. Um, actually, on that note, I have four daughters. Two of them are roaming around in France. There we right go. Um, the make kids tired thing yeah. just, it clicked. And I could see that that, that would resonate, I think, being one of four children, just knowing how my parents operated and seeing all of my friends with their kids. Make kids tired is the best message one could put on the side of a van. We make kids tired. It's like, whatever you do, I'm in. Yeah. I want it. I think to parents, the SNR of one-to-one, signal-to-noise ratio, one-to-one, we make kids tired. The uh, So it's the campus peak experiences. Okay. And so it's, it's a camp. It's, yeah, it's run every yeah. year. It's actually, it's terrific. And you do uh, abseiling. What do you call abseiling here? We call it uh, rappelling. You do rappelling oh. and uh, kayaking, canoeing. It's just, it's fantastic. And the kids graduate to be coaches. And they do it all in the city, in the city parks by the river. Mm. But their T-shirts, let's just bridge on this a little bit. They're actually, screw Sammy Smith's. This week's sponsor is Peak Experiences. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Band kids or make kids tired. Let's yeah. go with the latter. Instead of yeah. strapping the children to the garden furniture in the pub, maybe we make kids tired by having exercise. So um, I really hope, I think I've got a friend who works for Samuel Smith Breweries. I hope this gets to him. Anyway, so their they, T-shirt slogan for the kids, all the kids given a T-shirt that they wear, and on the back it just says, no whining. 
That's it. Oh, I no whining. That. So make kids tired and no whining. Now, staying on that whining front, I've been working all week so far on addressing on behalf of clients um, whining. And whining from where? From whining, internal? Whining from uh, other entities that they're engaged with, other people that they're engaged with. So clients of ours engaged with? Yep. Entities whining. And to be fair, there's been oh. a couple of occasions our clients have been whining, but sure. we were able to sort of put that in check. But I, I do think there is scope for a tool. So if mm. anybody has an idea on this, on how we find the words to acknowledge that, yes, we recognize that you are consistently protesting that you're not getting your way, but that noise will not be successful because we have a sense of reasonableness and fairness to hear other voices that are party to this disagreement or discussion or idea or whatever it happens to be. But I will say it's proving to be quite successful and we're being pulled in because people are giving way to noise. They're just giving noise to a very vocal minority, mm. but not because they're making a case differently, not because they're remaking a case, but just they're yelling the same thing again and again and again that is very reminiscent of having two and three-year-olds mm. back to sort of making kids Tough tired much, yeah and so i wonder if anybody out there has a has a great tool for acknowledging that this is because i don't think you can use the word whining with professionals but it's fundamentally what's going on do you have a great tool that says we recognize this is a repetitive statement that we've addressed already and therefore it won't be fed anymore if anybody has a has a great tool for that, please let us know, and we will we'll, uh, take it, and we may give you credit for it. Uh, the no the no whining protocol. I, <laughs> it it's reminiscent of a um, of a sign my my dad, the Coast Guard officer, used to have on his door, which said, "The beatings will continue until morale improves." Um, it's, it's uh, whining is kind of it's this war of attrition, and it's if I whine enough, I'm gonna wear you down, and you'll do what I want. And like, mm. <laughs> hey, remind me, how many sisters do you have? Three little sisters. How many children does your father say that he has? <laughs> Three, I'm guessing. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, Austin Senior, hope you're having a great week. Actually, it's guaranteed that Austin Senior is not listening to this. So, But yeah. is having a great week. But is having a great week. Yeah, I would imagine. Okay. All right. Uh, I wanted to go somewhere from that. No, I wanted to come back to whatever you called repelling. What was that word? I missed it. Absailing. Absailing. Yeah, absailing. How to spell it? So, a B S E I L I N G sailing. Yeah. Oh well, I Ab searched sailing. app sailing. App sailing. I got no, a lot of sailing. App sailing, apps. App sailing yeah. is when you're moving from Twitter to Threads <laughs> to Thread. Okay, have you? Uh, so I did what I think everybody else did. did so this is, this is where specificity is in, okay. in reporting. I think is very important because the Journal and the Times and the Guardian. So the Threads is not available in the European Union because of uh, data regs. Uh, yeah. uh, no, I actually think it's competitional. I forget the reason, but whatever. Oh. Reason. So you can get it in various countries. You can't get it within European Union countries. So go Brexit. We we were able to download Threads. <laughs> the upside. But we it, found it. What the reports are saying is that they've been. It's been the fastest number of downloads mm. ever. Right. So faster than ChatGPT. Faster yeah. than uh, TikTok. But. It doesn't say that people are actually using it because what I did, and I think lots of other people did, was I downloaded the app and I looked at it and then I went, now what? Um, and so maybe maybe it's going to take off, maybe it's not. There is this weird, it, this, this reminds me of 
because we as liberals love to bash liberals. The days when the liberals were celebrating the FBI and the CIA in the sort of the, the Trump era, which just felt weird to me that that suddenly we were we that liberals were celebrating the national security apparatus. But um, celebrating Mark Zuckerberg relative to Elon Musk for sort of freedom and integrity, just it seems a weird thing to me. But maybe this is the big play. Maybe this is, maybe, uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I have. I what do you think about it? About threads specifically? Yeah. Uh, I would. I would love. Actually, there's there's a parallel between uh, new technology right now. It feels like, yeah. and um, the movie industry. There's okay. there, uh, a little bit of latitude here. The I'm finding with the movie industry, we're not fi- we're not seeing many original scripts yeah. being produced. We're seeing a lot of remakes. We're seeing a lot of Marvel universe. It's like this is tried and true right now, and we know the market will respond to it. And people aren't going to movie theaters, and they're downloading things, and and so we have to make the same thing over and over because yeah. we know it will sell. The cost to to make it is. Arguably, should be lower, but, but the cost sort of it, it has yeah. kind of grown, yeah. and it feels like technology is following a similar thread. Of if you look at the top couple, um, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, TikTok, you're all you're seeing the same kind of features rolled out across all of them. They all have a Reels kind of component. They all have a messaging component. They all now have a an ethereal messaging uh, component, um, a vanish mode yeah. on Instagram, which yeah. is similar to private mode, etc. And now we're seeing that you know the Twitter version of Twitter has now pulled and rolled out as Threads, and so it's we're replicating features to get people to stop. To stop unbundling, we're we're rebundling technology right now, and it is infuriating. Are you trying to suggest that the reinvention of television through streaming, where we watch on the TV set through an Apple box, and you have to subscribe to different channels for Netflix and Disney, is just replicating exactly what we had? Yeah, like exactly what we had ten years ago. Before Ooh, this we had TV bundle, b- bundles and cable, <laughs> and it was just we paid one fee for just all of the stuff we wanted to watch. Uh, so I, it feels like social media is heading that way. It's oh you. Oh, like... that we missed the reverse innovation. So what we're gonna do is gonna have one TV set in our room that everybody can. Yeah, yeah it, I mean that's, <laughs> that's innovation. That's where so we're at. Yeah. the I think Meta is quite interesting mm. because I suspect they are at a place that Microsoft was at maybe mm-hmm. a decade ago, where everything they did was just rubbish compared to everybody else. Mm. Facebook is just dreadful. And Instagram is degrading sort of by the minute. But they still have a lot of cash and they've got developers and they've got talent. And their leadership are not idiots at all. Sure. And so that allows them almost the desperation to place a big bet. And I feel that Microsoft did this with video games, actually. Mm. They've, my, Microsoft just sneakily mm-hmm. sort of video gamed themselves back into relevance. Yeah. And uh, you'd watch at the same time, people were like panning, quote, Microsoft, but celebrating but the video Xbox brands. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like Meta have nothing to lose in a way of making that strategic bet. I also think that 
what what Elon Musk only Twitter have done is has given a window. Sorry, that's the AC because that door's open because of my sweaty head. <laughs> is is that Elon Musk being so popular and or unpopular with yeah. different political configurations has given a window for Facebook just to duck under all of the shit that it used to take about giving voice to different actors and sort of take the moral high ground. Yeah, it it was kind of like that with um, uh, Evan Spiegel, the CEO of Snapchat as well. Mm. Just kind of like this kind of playboy wonderkin kid who uh, took Snap to maybe a premature IPO. Yeah. And, and like there was a lot there. And so to just undercut basically what Snapchat started with stories and for Instagram to pick that up and run with it. Uh, the same thing happened and now I think they're capitalizing on Elon and how polarizing he might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's one of those, there's nothing new under the sun and it's actually the smaller, um, fringe is the wrong word, but the smaller platforms innovating and then meta picking the feature up and rolling it out to a larger demo and so uh, it's not it's not surprising that's what they do it is a little frustrating <laughs> oh don't oh, you think it's sucks. fair no. oh you don't it's think capitalism is fair it's not about fairness oh. i don't give a shit I, I do i do want some new features in the toys otherwise i just got to download a thing to do the same thing as an app i already have that's actually what i'm frustrated why would i get threats because everybody's moving the threads because we like new shiny shit, not because it's necessarily a better platform. And that's. Do you put any uh, any sway in the argument that that Musk's initial layoffs of developers that there was actually a, a secret source and technology that that has been uh, non maintained around Twitter's algorithms and they're struggling to recover? Have you seen those stories? Yeah, there's. I think that happens everywhere. Um, but I think it's this less tangible thing. Like you couldn't survey an engineering department and say, who has all the institutional knowledge and why shouldn't we fire them? There's just a, a there's a cultural fabric to engineering in the same way there is to a marketing or a sales team, et cetera. And so just the the DNA of an engineering team, if that shifts, you're gonna see some small differences that ripple and end up making and, some very yeah, large yeah. waves in, in how things get built at a place. I think we're seeing that at Twitter. And you you could have predicted it, but not you could have predicted the what, not the how. Yeah. Right? That something is going to change. What is going to change exactly? I couldn't tell you until we get a couple months down the road. Well, look, in the interest of, of plugging my followers, if somebody would like to see me not tweet on Twitter, I'm at Scott X Wayne. And if somebody would like me to <laughs> see me not thread on threads, I'm at Scott X Wayne. Just filling space where it's not relevant. I feel like it should be called needling on threads. Oh, no. yeah. You, oh, should, you just, you should need, you just yeah, needle, we, needle people. We needle for yeah, an hour every week. We don't need them Before more we move on yeah. from tech, um, you mentioned uh, threads <clears throat> overtaking ChatGPT in growth. ChatGPT just hit its first down week. Uh, Okay. Uh, week or two. Um, first time seeing a decline in traffic. They're somewhere between five and 10% down on across like three major metrics. So desktop and mobile traffic, um, unique visitors, and then uh, time on site. Um, and so, yeah, bounce rate is trickling up a little bit. But interesting. It's That's the You literally data. judged my... The slightest smile I had, I there was a tiny upturn in my lip, and I saw that look of judgment because you know I was slightly celebrating the fact that the man for AI had just just 
dropped a little bit. And no, well, I thought it was a smirk of seeing me excited about a topic. So oh, I, I, oh, sorry. That's what I thought yeah. it was. Um, you nerd away. Yeah, no. But but the so that's the that's the data. Those are the numbers yeah. somewhere between five and ten percent <clears throat> down across those metrics. Uh, I think what's really interesting is the why. And right now the conversation is around uh, uncensored AI being more interesting to folks. So we've played, right? And this is the ethical Hang, When you say uncensored Unsen AI. Like doesn't have the same guardrails the as chat GPT the does? mainstream, a chat GPT, uh. Bing, et cetera. Um, so some of the conversation now is folks are going off of the mainstream platforms to the off-stream platforms because you can play and they can say bad words and inappropriate things and yeah. give you that. And so I, we'll see how that bears out, I think, as I'm thinking a lot about AI and ethics right now um, for clients. That, that, that to me is fascinating to say, hey, okay, we played in the sandbox with the rules and what, it's taken six months to say, F that, we're, we're going to the dark corners of we're AI going now, to that. like immediately, as humans so, do. So that's not actually food for my soul at all, it's the opposite. That's terrifying, yeah, it's not, not great. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Can we just take a break to say that um, you're wearing a, you're wearing a, I'm pleased to say you're wearing a cap that doesn't have the logo of an accounting firm that confuses everybody. <laughs> um, but you're wearing a hat that's by the brand Oddjob. Yeah. yeah. You, it's a great cap. It's yeah, so well, thank you. Yeah. And we talk about psychological priming a lot, that sort of seeing one stimuli affects your response to a second stimuli. Yeah, you're just and so straight double seven. The priming of odd job. I see odd job and then I look at your face. So the priming of this, there you go, is I can't stop thinking about odd job in the 007 movies, the old ones. And so I just looked it up and odd jobs odd job's real name is unknown. He he was played by Harold Sakata, who's a Japanese American actor. But in the original um, novels um, Ian Watts-Face, who wrote the books, uh, described him as, Oddjob is described as being a squat man. That's not you. No. But arms like thighs, I do think that sort of applies. Um, black teeth, you don't have those. You have lovely teeth. And a sickly zoo smell. I just want to say we don't know because all I can smell in here is love, beauty, it's and fresh, planet. Fresh ocean. Oceans edition. <laughs> it's sweaty. Sweaty head and fresh ocean <laughs> right. in this room. Okay. Uh, I did want to talk about... Uh, well, I wanted to do a plug, actually, for oh. uh, a new hotel that's opening in Philadelphia. Oh, not so, for our, our travel, travel section, yeah. uh, which I would tell you about, but the New York Times has logged me out, so I'm going to try to log back in again. But the key Is this the one where everything's for sale? Everything's for sale. Huh. And so it, the hotel goes by the name of, help me here. Nah, I lost it. I'm now thinking that we share a New York Times account and you're logged in and I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not locked in. Uh, Shannon Maldonado, and it's Did the Yowie Hotel. So look up the Yowie Hotel. None of those are words. And spell I believe that. the <laughs> spell Yowie Hotel. Y O W I. Look it up. Okay. All right. Do do the research for me. And so she's a designer, and she designs products, and almost everything in the hotel is for sale. And I just think that's a great concept. So it's in Philly. Yeah. It's called the Yowie. It's not quite open yet. It's opening in a few weeks. But I think we should go stay there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, when's the last time you were in Philly? Oh. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute. Um, so I'm. Um, this is a hotel and shop focused on curating small collections from friends, independent artists, and designers. Huh. 
So you can sit in the lobby and the table will be for sale and the artwork for sale and the beds for sale. And then they're, they, I think they're going to include clothing and scents and smells and everything. So when you talk about sort of immersive retail, this is the ultimate, right? You, you sleep in it. Yeah. You wash in it and you bathe in it. Yeah. I love it. I, I think it's, it's that's pretty. really interesting. It is pretty. So established in 2016. Oh, was it? Been so it for a little bit. No, no, no. The store's been established since the okay. hotel's new. So they're going from store to yeah. Great. Anyway, good luck for it. I think this is. I think this is a really interesting idea. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, also, in travel news, I want to park this idea with you. This will keep you awake at night. NASA have um, launched their Mars environment, and so the Johnson Space Center in Houston. Uh, four quote astronauts. So I say quote because they're not technically astronauts because they haven't they haven't been to space yet. Have moved into and we'll post pictures of this in the in the note. Have moved into a sort of fake Mars environment where they will live for a year and never leave. And so they've, there are pictures of the of the inside of this space. Um, of it's a mock up of a Mars habitat as they're trying to see how it affects living standards. And just to keep you awake, I want you to think about the, the space of this, the, based upon the diagrams, it looks like the, the space is similar to this podcast suite with the lounge next to it and the kitchen and the bathroom. Now, I want you to think about what you were doing this time 12 months ago. Time 12 months ago, we can probably look up our calendars. Go, go but all of the places you've been and the things that you've done in the past 12 months. Yeah. And imagine for that whole period of time, you, me, and Perry have been. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's this would be you a very, see very... you see why they do these tests though right you can absolutely see yeah man I look forty five minutes of radio I'm ready to get out of here imagine a whole twelve months but that's what they're gonna have to do yeah yeah this is so we were in we were this time last year we were in Miami for that gig uh, we did at the Eden Rock that is at least five years ago that's ridiculous that it's that the, is. this yeah. time last year and then. I went out for TLDP session one, the first session of that leadership cohort we ran. So all of that time, everything that we've done. And then since you then. and I were in Montana. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that was this time. Everything we've done since then. God. So that trip to Montana. Yeah. So basically, anchor this thought from mm -hmm. the time that you doubled the black population of the state of Montana. Yeah. To, to now, today. Then that is. Yep. Yep. That is wild. As I'm, I'm scrolling there and seeing all the places we've been since then. All right. So, yeah. so then, as actually, we're heading to New York today to to do some work with the music industry tomorrow, and so I want to talk about this tomorrow. But also, scientists have identified ripples in space, and I the implications of this are quite important. Well, they're not really important, but they are important in that. We are not on a stable universe. The universe it is now understood wobbles. <laughs> we live in a wobbly universe. And I don't know why I take reassurance in this or calm in this. But I think in these days where everybody's just so static and certain about everything, I kind of love that we, we live in a wavy background. Gravitational waves. The universe is humming, quite literally. It's just humming yeah, with it waves. Just humps. There's a there there's a there's a, a beat and a background sound to our universe. We're humming. 
So, all right, all right, I'm gonna bear bear this yeah. out. So, the people who are like super woo and talk about energy and vibrations and stuff, they, they mm. might be on to something. I'm kind of looking at Perry. Perry, you <laughs> <laughs> see that? Uh, see Perry's that little camp you went right to? Now. Yeah, it's just totally worth it. Just no, there's a like yo, you just you either vibing right or you're not. Is Perry's? There's face. there may be scientific evidence that that vibes that Perry's cult was onto something. <laughs> Um. Oh, okay. All right. Speaking of cults, I have I have a. They they talk about uh, stories of biblical proportions, and so I'm going to go to uh, a holy book. I'm going to actually oh, any go. any holy book. Oh, my if there were a book of Scott, what would it be about? The contradiction book. in hypocrisy. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you keep asking me these easy questions. <laughs> Oh, I didn't ask you what people would call you for. I didn't. I didn't return any of those two questions. Let's do that. So, if there yeah, were a holy book that. that was the Book of Ace, what what would what would the what would the parables and I, Psalms I, I, I focus don't think, on? I don't think there would be there would be parables. I think your book would be the fuck around book, and my book would be the find out book. <laughs> That's, I, I, whatever book. Uh, so you your book is the consequences of my actions. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah I yeah. like that. I, yeah, just like when everybody finds out all the things they shouldn't have done, and this is like the lessons and the consequences chapter. That's yeah, that would be my book. Okay, and then the guy call. So it, the Noah oh. guy. I know a guy. What would people call you for? Uh, there, are, uh, w- one maybe three things that come to mind, but the. <laughs> Uh, I think it would be we need a speaker on on kind of any topic. Like there's a half an hour window. We had a speaker bail. Can you come run your mouth about a thing? I think that would actually be it. And like that has happened in a couple like, hey, we want the best man to give the speech at the rehearsal dinner. And best man's like, I've got all my material for tomorrow. But that guy can talk. Like that has happened twice where it's like, hey, can you give the toast at the rehearsal dinner? Or can you give the keynote last minute? Is that a compliment though? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's the answer to the so, question. So I, I'm almost certain this was Kelly. So Ke- Kelly, Kelly Beekman, he used to be our partner here. Um, she, she would say, she, I'm certain this was Kelly, that the distinction between male confidence and women's confidence was that if we were an event, and the head of the the Federal Reserve was stuck on a plane and couldn't deliver a speech. And somebody said, hey, can somebody speak about the state of the economy? And Kelly would say, I would say no, because I'm not qualified to speak on that subject. And you would say yes, and you're equally not qualified to speak on that subject. So I wonder, I, th- I always thought that was a great way of just sort of distinguishing between Degrees of appropriate confidence. Well, it goes back. It, it actually, it's a callback to the um, the shot putter running yeah, the, the race, right? It depends on what the outcome is, right? Like when you have the chairman of the Fed coming to talk about the state of the economy, the outcome is a quality talk about the state of the economy. When you don't have a speaker, the outcome is filling space appropriately so this isn't a fucking awkward event. And like, if that's the outcome, yeah, I can step in and make people feel good about it. So a you're saying you'd only speak about subjects in which you were expert? That is a very pointed question. <laughs> and I, I know what you're doing. I'm saying I would own not being the expert out of the gate, but we could still have a good conversation. So this bridges me to a poem that was sent to me by James Eaton Lee. 
I don't uh, think James. I know James. Yes, you do. Do was I know he, James? He was here just a few weeks ago. Oxford James. Oh, that James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like James. that James. Um, you just don't know. You don't know him by me you, saying his name in You've that never way. Said no, his... say James. <laughs> so I say James Eaton Lee. Now exactly. You know who he is. Yeah, yeah, that James. So, uh, so he sent me this poem, and I forget who the author is. We'll put it in the note. But I think this this explains some of the executive behaviors we see of people being out of their depths. Let me read this to you. There is something I don't know that I am supposed to know. I don't know what it is I don't know, and yet I am supposed to know. And I feel I look stupid if I seem both not to know it and not know what it is I don't know. Therefore, I pretend I know it. This is nerve-wracking, since I don't know what I must pretend to know, therefore I pretend to know everything. I feel you know what I am supposed to know, but you can't tell me what it is because you don't know that I don't know what it is. You may know what I don't know, but not that I don't know it. And I can't tell you, so you will have to tell me everything. And there, gentlemen and ladies, is every board meeting <laughs> anywhere around the world. So the, that author is Roger Neighbor uh, from the book, The Inner Consultation, How to Develop an Effective and Intuitive Consulting Style. Roger Neighbor. No, I don't think it is. I think he's quoting the poem. I'll find the poet. Maybe. I, nobody that writes a book that's titled that <laughs> writes a poem like this. It's stolen material. So the, but it was in the context, which I think is quite interesting, of cybersecurity, which is the board members. I, actually, when we think about AI and the work that you're doing around mm -hmm. the implications of AI for executive decision making is that because board members feel that they should look versed on the issues, mm -hmm. They pretend that they're knowing about it. Therefore, uh, CISOs and CIOs and CTOs are not feeling the license to be able to brief board members. And so we're living in this sort of um, sort of Potemkin village of mm. confidence around digital protection that isn't actually there. And I thought that was quite interesting. I think it's quite telling. We should tell that poem ahead of every board meeting. We should tell that poem. We should read the poem ahead of every board meeting as license for people to stand up and say, I don't know. So there's a request for another tool. How Good tools out there to have people confidently and proficiently say, these are the areas that I don't know. Because we do it around bias. We ask people to share their biases ahead yeah. of a session um, in any particular direction. I wonder if we can do that around knowledge. That's really... It, it, how that's done, I think, has to be really, really intentional. Like, what are the things we talk about? Uh, talk about them as known knowns and known unknowns. Yeah. Like when I'm scoping a thing on, on innovation and product development, um, what things do we know we know, and what things do we know we don't know? Because that's the list we need to go sort. The the things we know we don't know, we need answers to all of those, and that's our work for the next however long. Um, I don't know how many people can articulate the things that they know they don't know. And and it goes back to the poem like do you it's I think that's fascinating. I like it. My um I quite enjoy uh the youngest of my two daughters. Um <laughs> it's his rides as you know Dylan, mm -hmm. your, your niece. Yep. Um your adopted niece. So she's staying to riding horses which which perturbs me greatly both around its posh nature and the financial expense of it <laughs> but mainly the posh nature even if I can afford it. Um, one of the things I enjoy about it though is I know absolutely nothing about horse riding. It will not surprise you that I didn't ride horses as a child. And so I literally know nothing and so I go and I'm just the gormless idiot that barely knows one end of a horse from the other. 
And Dylan will ask me questions like, I don't know. You you literally know 15 times as much about horse riding than I do. You're the expert. And I quite enjoy just being completely oblivious to what is going on. Um, but I, I th- but it's very comfortable in that environment for me to say I have no clue. But I, I wonder if there are other areas where I feel I should know things. Um, yeah. I think so. Um, okay. As, as we're sort of coming to a close, I want to, I want to confess something about, so we've talked about my smell today yeah, and we need to talk about my smell tomorrow. So we're, we're heading up for an exercise with some very, very creative people. And I had a great idea that we were going to, we'll have done it by the time this podcast comes out, that we're going to talk about orientation and how we see the world. And you may remember yesterday, I was very smug because I ordered, um, 50 inflatable globes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, they arrived last night. And I have them shipped to the house so we could make sure they arrived in time for the plane today. And I may have mentioned they weren't very expensive. Yeah. Well, when I opened this bag that had these 50 compressed, uninflated plastic Were they just globes, stuck together? No, but the smell reminded me of the back of school where kids were glue sniffing. And they're now... <laughs> Like I blew one of these things up. I was so high for like the smell of adhesive is just, well, now 50 of these things are in my suitcase. So there's a chance that I show up at this global headquarters tomorrow smelling like a glue sniffer. And if that's the case, you go lead the gig, all right? That's assuming you make it through TSA. <laughs> my name's Scott Wayne. <laughs> And we'll see you next week. (laughs) Perhaps. (laughs) 